0: Hi, I'm Deborah Hamilton. Welcome to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? 10 years ago, with my iPhone and a script, I recorded the first episode of the Ultimate Pet Resolution Summit, which chatted with experts about conflicts over animals. Our conversations were intimate, honest, and illustrated how disagreements over animals occur and how those disagreements can reshape people's lives and relationships. In November 2019, I started Why Do Pets Matter, a new podcast that continued these informative discussions. I'm so excited to have you here with me, continuing my exploration into a more meaningful conversation about why pets matter to all of us. My guests and I will share ideas, stories, and experiences straight from the heart, unscripted and holistic. From the bravest moments to the most brokenhearted, we will explore how to resolve disagreements over animals differently. One thing I know for sure is I want to have more meaningful conversations that will help all of us unlock that deeply felt human-animal bond that drives the emotions of conflict. Hi everyone, Deborah Hamilton. Today we're gonna talk with Kate Rosenthal. She is the manager and marketing for events person for pause for People. She's going to tell us about how her organization trains teams, beloved pets, and their owners to go into various facilities to bring therapy dogs to people in need of their wonderful comfort. We also talk about the wonderful Wagon Walkathon, which is running from September 21st until October 21st, 2023, where you can walk 26.2 miles and receive all sorts of goodies if you get up to about 100 miles and be sponsored. So let's hear what Kate has to say about her love for teaching people and their beloved dogs how to be therapy dogs. Hi, everyone. It's Deborah Hamilton, and I'm so glad to be here with my friend Kate Rosenthal, who is part of Pause for People. She is the manager of marketing and events. And the event that's coming up is the WEG and Walkathon from September 21st to October 21st. Kate, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Deborah. It's a pleasure. I, I just, I'm so thrilled because. This is near and dear to my heart. Kate is part of the group that I've been working with for years, uh, which is the National Dog Show Therapy Dog Symposium. She has a little piece of it. Um, Last year, I even sponsored part of the Wagon Walkathon because it just is so important for us to get up and out and walk with our dogs. And so there's a 30-day challenge and the money raised during the challenge goes for what, Kate? it helps support our pet therapy programs all year long throughout our service area. So it's PAWS for people's largest annual fundraiser. I love it. I love it because PAWS for people has created this training program for those who have wonderful loving pets in their home that they want to go out and do some public service with. So they come and get trained and you then enable them or introduce them to bringing their trained therapy dogs to different facilities. Is that right? I could be wrong. No, that is, that is very good. We, uh, we
1: ask folks to come in with their own gentle affectionate pets. And um, we ask them to come in with a solid foundation in those basic behaviors. So essentially a canine good citizen sit, stay, down, come when called, walking nicely on a loose leash, We look for the pet to be friendly and outgoing um, and the same in the person. So we often say we're really training the people to be advocates for their pet in the visitation environment and to know all the ins and outs of the different places we may pair them to visit. So for example, familiarity with HIPAA regulations, if you're going to be visiting in a hospital.
0: So much to know, but before we start, because I know we're going to have a lot to talk about we always ask our guests, "Why do pets matter to you, Kate?" Oh,
1: well, one of the things that got me into working with Paws for People um, is I see the therapeutic effect my pets have in my own household. They are your non-judgmental comfort. They make you laugh. They bring you joy on so many levels. Um,
0: it's it's hard to imagine life without them. I know they matter because they make our lives. What does Roger Carus say? Um, My dog might not be my whole life, but they make my life whole. So true, so true. And cats do too, some birds, some horses. um, And if you have llamas or pigs or things, I'm sure that you can definitely say that that's too. So now if I was someone who had a pretty well-behaved, sit, stay, come, no pulling on a leash, and I wanted to become part of a, um, pause for people, team. How would they go about doing that?
1: So we work throughout the entire state of Delaware and the surrounding counties in Maryland, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. That's our service area. So anyone in that neck of the woods would go to our website, pause for people, f o r people. dot o r g, and uh, they would they there they can find out a lot more about the organization. They can watch a video of what we call our standards of excellence evaluation, which is the evaluation of the person and the pet. And they can complete a volunteer application. And that's the start of our process um, where we get some information about the person and their pet. And then one of our, either one of our staff or one of our volunteers gives them a call and talks through the detail of our orientation and training process.
0: This is so important because it has been shown that therapy dogs have created such an ability to have people decompress in the hospital situation, in the nursing home situation, in the independent living situation, even on um, crisis sites, bringing therapy dogs um, is really so important. So I'm going to ask you two questions. The first one is what kind of dogs do the best in this kind of situation? And I don't think it I'm asking a breed kind of thing. I'm sort of asking, you know, personality-wise. I was just going to say,
1: we, our answer is any dog can. Um, but really, we're looking for an outgoing pet. So we all know, a, we work with dogs and cats and bunnies. Many dogs are friendly and outgoing. But there are dogs that either through history or just their personality, just like people, are a little more shy around new folks. We're looking for those pets that are comfortable meeting new people, that are calm um,
0: and friendly. It really is important because they have to be able to read the room. Yes, yes. And you often,
1: anyone who has a pet at home, I'm sure has seen this. Like you have a bad day, and I've seen this with my dogs, you come home, you sit down on the couch, they're right there next to you. They might get up and leave your family member in the other room who had a fine day and isn't feeling so bad to come and sit with you and give you comfort. So they have an instinct for that. Again, we really we teach the people to read their pet, to help their pet engage better, but the pets really know what they're doing.
0: And so part of the training that we had discussed before we got on is to really teach the pet how to be appropriate in different situations beyond the sit, stay, come, you know, whatever. And to teach their owners to read the room and read the dog as well. So tell me a little bit more about that, because I think that is one of the most important training, parts of training that you probably do at PAWS for people.
1: Absolutely. One of the central tenets of our training is that we always encourage our volunteers to be advocates for their pets. So we frame all of our interactions as visits, not as fixed amounts of time. My dog may have boundless energy. I have a a labradoodle puppy, and she might be able to visit for two hours. But my 10-year-old Pomeranian mix, half an hour, and he might be done. And I have to know their cues and read their signals in that environment. Some pets, um, one day can do that longer period of time and the next day just don't have the energy or the focus for it. So it really is, that's one of the reasons that we ask folks to come with their own gentle affectionate pets because when you have that bond, when you have trained with your own pet, when you've gone through that process and really developed that kinship, uh, you, you know their cues, you can read their, you know, read their signals and and follow accordingly. So um, part of what we teach is is kind of, you know, some of it is a graceful exit. You know, when your pet's had enough to be an advocate and and say, you know, we will be back for the visit next week or in two weeks, whenever they're scheduled next. But SPA here is just kind of, they're kind of done for today, so we're gonna go. It,
0: it's so important. I know from when I went to the human animal bond conference out in Denver, It is so important to read your dog and make sure that you advocate for your dog in any environment, even if it's not a a therapy dog, but in any environment, because it's not that you're not being nice because you didn't take it to the other room or that you missed someone. You can absolutely go in, as you said, and just have these boundaries and advocate for your dog. And if in fact you missed Ms. Rosenthal in room seven because the dog had had enough, put the dog away and come in and say, just exhausted and you know how that feels. And we will start with you next time.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: It's so important because these dogs are giving so much of themselves. I always say they suck up our our negative energy uh, and and we really need to make sure we don't have them sucking up too much of our energy that helps us feel better. And um, they just really are like sponges.
1: Well, it's really interesting. There's been a couple of decades now of research on the impact pet therapy has on people physiologically. It lowers the levels of cortisol cortisol in our system, the stress hormone, raises the levels of oxytocin, makes us feel better. It lowers your heart rate. It lowers your blood pressure. I just heard a couple of weeks ago a report on the radio. uh, They've been doing some studies on the impact on therapy pets and particularly dogs. And they're finding it has the same impact on those pets. So pet therapy calms them as well and lowers their blood pressure. And we all know that our pets need physical stimulation, but they also need mental stimulation. And those interactions really feed that um, and and can really help our pets have a full, more rounded life.
0: You know, there's one thing to throwing the ball 700 times in the backyard. You have a Um, <laughs> I have Irish setters. And then there's something when you're just sitting and you're just holding their head in your hands and they are gazing in your eyes and you're gazing in their eyes, you know, you're both feeding each other's souls. Absolutely. And it's so important. So and let's so talk important. a little bit more about the wagon walk because that's in yes. conjunction with the National Dog Show. And it really wants to get people out walking with their dogs yes
1: um so it is a 30-day virtual marathon so you have from september 21st until october 21st to complete 26.2 miles and we encourage folks to walk with their pets to get if you don't have a pet get out with your friends and family uh it's a it's a great way to engage and you can for your walk, you can set up your fundraising page on our fundraising website and all of those dollars raised will support the wonderful pet therapy work of our volunteers throughout our whole service area. So it is it helps us pay for all of that wonderful training. Um, One of the hallmarks of our organization is that we are really hands-on with our volunteers and our partnering sites from start to finish. And so it helps sustain all of that work so that our pet therapy teams are giving their best and our
0: community is getting the best. So tell me more about that, because it is so important to remain connected to your teams so you can help them be their best. And also with the facilities where your teams are being placed so that they understand the um, intricacies, limitations, uh, accommodations that they need to make uh, to have the teams come and visit and give their uh, residents this bonus. Yes. Yeah. So, on the
1: volunteer side, it starts with that application process and that in, what we call an intake call, um, where we really get to know the person a little bit, find out what their questions are, what they know about pet therapy already. Um, And what they're looking, how they're looking to engage. And then once they complete our orientation and training process, which is a two day, uh, we do the orientation and the initial standards of excellence evaluation. And then that's about a three hour session. And then folks come back two weeks later for the training session, where we get into more of the detail and the ins and outs of visits. things like those HIPAA regulations, what you should bring, if there's ever an incident, if, you know, heaven forbid, it's happened to all of us, your dog has an accident, what do you do? So kind of those ins and outs. Once they complete that orientation and training process, the final step of our training is a guided first visit. So our staff works with the individual volunteer to find a partnering facility that meets their needs and their pet's needs. For example, I might have a great desire to visit a hospital, um, but my pup does not like slippery floors. That's not going to be a great fit for us. So that's where our volunteering site coordinator might say, you know, I understand you want to be in the hospital, but we have a great relationship with this long term rehabilitation facility and they have carpeting. So maybe that's a better fit for you. So we try and match the best fit for the person, the best fit for the pup, and what our partnering facilities need. So if they're looking for more visits, making sure that we're getting volunteers there to fill those needs. Um, It's a constant balancing act to make sure everybody is getting what they need when they need it. Um, And then that guided first visit. So once we match our volunteer team with a place to visit, one of our volunteers or one of our staff will go with the team and really, be there to offer support, to coach. Um, And every time one of our volunteer teams starts at a new facility, they will have a guided first visit. So they'll have a volunteer that will show them the ins and outs of that particular place.
0: It's great because not only do you advocate for your dog as a team member, you are then advocated as as a team, you're advocated for by the guided visit because there's someone there who might've been to the facility before, or maybe seeing the facility for the first time themselves, but that there's always somebody there as a support for this process to run smoothly. Yep,
1: yep. And we'll often have teams after they've been visiting for a few months, we do do regular check-ins with our volunteers to make sure they're happy with where they're visiting. Um, Often we find that they'll wanna add an additional visit. So for example, they might, enjoy going to this elder care facility Um, but they heard about the pause for reading program and gosh you know we'd really like to go to a school too so then we begin that process again and take them into that new environment so
0: so tell me a little bit. So we've talked about the dogs have to be your family beloved pet so that you know their signals and when they're telling you what to do, it takes you through the process. Um, you're in uh, New Jersey, you're, you're uh, in Delaware, but you also service New Jersey, Maryland um, and Pennsylvania, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So if I'm, um, and, and we, we talked about how someone is looking to become a therapy dog handler, team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that process was great. But how do we, if we are listening to my podcast and we have a reading program at the school, so there might mm-hmm. be a parent who's sitting here going, oh, we have a reading program. Wouldn't that be great if the dog, or they have a um, a parent in um, a facility or Someone in rehab, as you said, you know this rehab facility does great. Uh, how would they, the facilities themselves, reach out to pause, um, pause for people?
1: Excellent question. Right at the same place. So on our uh, the homepage of our website, pauseforpeople.org, we have a tab for volunteers and we have a tab for requests. And so a site can a partnering facility can fill out one of those site request forms. And then we reach out again and have that conversation about what are your needs, where are you located? Um, There has been, um, I think we might have reached a tipping point with sort of public awareness of the benefits of pet therapy, particularly post COVID and particularly for mental health support. So we have been inundated with requests for support. So we are doing a big push now for volunteer recruitment to meet that need. So we have a, um, what we call a waiting pool of sites. We add new partners as we have volunteers to fulfill that need. So we don't wanna bring a new facility in and then not have anyone there to visit. That doesn't benefit anyone. So we work with those organizations um, and that's why we have a waiting pool, not a waiting list. We, we might get folks for somebody who came in yesterday because we have a lot of volunteers in that area and we can, we can fill that quickly. Um, so we are always welcoming new, particularly partners. You use the example of, of a, a school. Um, there's a lot of great families in that school who probably have great dogs. And um, if you reach out to your parent community, we are happy to train those folks um, to visit in their own, in their own neighborhood, in their own
0: school. Right. Um, In their own school or while their kids are at school. So they could, they could do a two bite at the apple kind of thing with the dog. If the dog has enough bandwidth and if they don't, then we understand. But I know that we have a number of colleagues in the dog show world whose dogs, because they are pretty bomb proof, um, are also therapy dogs because they love well, they love showing off and they're outgoing uh, and they love being fawned over. So when someone you know, holds their head because they're held by the judge, so people hold their head all the time and gaze into their <laughs> eyes, they are perfectly happy to be there and be fawned over. Uh, so I, I love that you have partnered with the National Dog Show because it just gives so much ability for people to know who you are, where you are. And I'm so glad I've had this opportunity to put you on Why Do Pets Matter. Um, I wanna ask again, this walkathon is for anybody, whether you have a dog or not.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And because it is a virtual walkathon, you register. Again, you can find it. There's a button right on that homepage. Keep sending folks back to our pawsforpeople.org. You can register and walk anywhere and you, it's on the honor system, so you self-report your miles. I get a lot of screenshots of people's you know, Apple Health or their Fitbit or what have you. Um, we have some great incentives, so um, everyone who raises $150 or more will qualify for our uh, event t-shirt, which is a fabulous burnt art orange with this year's logo on it, um, and our folks who walked their 26.2 miles, the first 100 people to complete that distance will get the Wag and Walkathon um, a 2023 Wag and Walkathon car magnet, which is a nice little...
0: That yeah, is nice. That is, is wonderful.
1: It's a, it's a cute little magnet. Uh, and thanks to our partnership with the Dog Show, we have another incentive for our fundraising folks. If you raise all of our teams who raise $200 or more, will be qualified for a raffle to win two tickets to the National Dog Show on
0: November 18th and 19th. Oh, wow. That is huge. That's huge because it is so important. It is is such a fun thing to attend. I know everybody watches it on Thanksgiving. Um, Secrets that we know is that it's held before Thanksgiving, uh, but that's only it's a secret. Uh, But it is a wonderful tradition that has become across the board, everybody turns on the National Dog Show after uh, they, they eat the turkey. So it's it's or actually before because it's usually on around noontime, I think. So it really is a wonderful collaboration and partnership that is that is hopefully creating more people considering training with their beloved pets, providing this opportunity to people who are in nursing homes or rehabilitation or hospitals, because it provides such comfort to the people who are not feeling well. And then, of course, uh, being able to get us up and out with the um, wagon walkathon, huge, because a lot of us, like me today, my my watch keeps barking at me um, to get up and stand <laughs> up. And so I, uh, I think I will sign up after I'm through here to make sure I do the 26 miles, because I probably could do 26 miles in the next... 20 days or so because I walk about four miles a day with the two hoodlums that I have. How how far have you gotten so far? Or um, you can well you can join, you just can't get any I of the did, Yeah,
1: I'm not gonna win any of the prizes. But I I get a car magnet and I'm a t-shirt. Yay! Uh, yay! But I do. We and my dogs are a little smaller, but my labroodle's got boundless energy. So I think I'm. I haven't logged the last couple of days. I've been busy logging everybody else's miles. I think I'm sitting at about 16 miles since we kicked off on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but I know I haven't counted everything.
0: Yeah, because usually you you have no idea how far you walk. And just think if you had your neighbors, uh, pay you two cents a mile, and you walk 26 miles. I mean, that's huge, right? You're yeah. you're. You, or 10 cents a mile is $26. Um, yes. And it works really well. That's correct, correct? T- $26, $26 if it's one?
1: 10 cents a mile, yes. Yeah. 26.2 miles. So, yeah, it's, so, and it is, you know, it's a great cause. Um, we are a nonprofit, so your gift is tax deductible. Um, and, uh, you know, whether you have a pet
0: that can do this work or you, you can have support someone- somebody whose pet can exactly exactly so your family member might get the benefit of this therapy dog that you supported through the walk and wagathon um and you know the people who train the dogs do it on a um a basis i'm sure they're not uh paid a huge amount but they're paid something because it's a lot of time it takes what three or four or five weeks to train a therapy dog team
1: so we, all, all in, we figure between the, the whole, over the whole process, our volunteers spend between 12 and 16 hours in initial training. And then our teams that, for example, visit with folks on the autism spectrum, we have additional training and materials for those teams. So they're doing a whole other round of training to learn about the population they're going to be visiting with and how to best engage.
0: And we um, do need to compensate the trainers. They're doing God's work.
1: Well, we appreciate that. Um, It does, you know, it really underwrites the cost of ensuring all of our volunteers, um, making sure that all of our our site partners and all of our volunteer therapy teams
0: have the support they need to do the work they're doing. Um, And so that takes people. And administration people. So that's really fabulous because I want to make sure everyone who's thinking of maybe doing therapy dog training. So not only do you get trained, but if you um, become a partner with Paws for People, you are Mm -hmm. under their umbrella for the care. If you're using the dog in a situation where Paws for People has placed you you are working with pause for people. If you go out to therapy dog someplace that isn't a pause for people place, probably it's different. However, if you're working with pause for people, um, you are really protected by their training, by their reputation, by their insurance, which is really important.
1: It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Yep.
0: It's, so it's I love a it. Be- it's, a, it's a great value. It's a great program. You guys are doing phenomenal work because of of the need for this. And you know, we all talk about the different dogs. There's um, service animals, which have access under a, um, the ADA uh, statutes. I should know this because I talk about it all the time, but I'm having a little bit of a moment with my mouth. So uh, service animals are allowed in any place of public accommodation. They can be asked to leave if in fact they misbehave. So it's not carte blanche if they Uh, create a disturbance or become incontinent or go to the bathroom they can be asked to leave otherwise they're allowed in places of public accommodation emotional support animals which is different from service animals are allowed in your apartment in the place you're dwelling that's where they're allowed you are to accommodate the accommodator anywhere else so if you're taking your dog out and it's an emotional support animal You need to really accommodate the people in the hall, in the elevator, in the stairwell, in the lobby, wherever you are, because you are only being accommodated in your apartment. That's the place where that emotional support animal is being allowed to be there with you for the various needs that it provides. And of course, a therapy dog is a partner with its handler who doesn't get any special treatment anywhere, except for the fact that when they show up, because they have been recognized, certified, and introduced to the various facilities as a member of a recognized therapy training program. They are like the gold standard of uh, visiting nurses.
1: And there are, we we do have some some folks, just like the Canine Good Citizen evaluation, um, sometimes if you have a certified therapy dog, you might get a discount on your homeowner's insurance or something like that. But that's really about it. Um, and we actually also, we train our volunteers the same way when we're out in public. That, you know, we love our pets and everyone we visit loves our pets, but not everyone out in the public is, is a dog person or a cat person or a bunny person. So you yield to those people on the elevator, you yield to those people in the hallway. Um, and so that's, that's a piece of our training as well.
0: It is so important, I have to say, even if you're in a hospital um, or you're in a um, a, a nursing home or or somewhere, Rehabilitation Institute, recognize there are people there who may be afraid of dogs and appreciate that. We are so lucky that we didn't have a bad experience with a dog. And so they don't make us crazy or a bunny or a cat. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so if someone says no, or you see them walk, toward the wall when you're there body block your dog into the wall so they can walk past in a more secure fashion. And I don't mean body block slam your dog up against the wall. I mean, just put yourself between them and your dog or your cat or your bunny, because you have to appreciate their ability to, um, be away from animals. If that's, if maybe they're highly allergic, who knows? I know this is a huge piece of probably what you teach because, although they are therapy dogs, and although they are emotional support animals, knowing the limitations and appreciating somebody else's um, inability to be with that animal is so huge. I'm, I'm so glad we got to that by the end of this because it really is important. Um, and I know that you help your trainers who love their dogs and can't understand why anybody wouldn't want to pet that uh, Labradoodle. I mean, I don't understand. However, <laughs> some people might say, uh, "No, it's a little too energetic for me," or "No, I'm allergic," or whatever. Uh, it it really is important to uh, be aware.
1: Yes, yes, that's a big that's a big piece of our culture. Pause culture is recognizing that people have different levels of engagement and understanding, and uh, may have different cultural norms around pets in different environments, and you need to be respectful of that.
0: Absolutely. And as we started out this discussion, having awareness of your pet's desire to be with somebody as well, or their ability to even be in the situation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: That's pretty key. Kate, I am so glad you've been here. Now, remember from September 21st, 2023 until October 21st, 2023, you need to get on pause for F-O-U-R, people, dot org F-O-R, sorry oh f-o-r sorry i spelled it F-O-R. okay so pause for f-o-r people and sign up to do the walk it's not that bad it's like you know two miles a day if you start now and you will be able to do a huge amount for the continuation of therapy dogs in different facilities in a little bit of the northeast corridor delaware pennsylvania maryland new jersey and it's so needed. So, Kate, thank you for all you do. And I'm looking forward to uh, signing up and doing the Walk and Wagathon. Wag Thanks and so Walkathon. <laughs> Thanks so much, Deborah. Thank you. You're the best. The Why Do Pets Matter podcast drops every Thursday and can be found on whichever platform you find your podcast. Subscribe now, invite your friends, and I cannot wait to have you join me in these conversations.